Kalash, Kilish, Kalash. Welcome, you're officially locked into Persuasions of Comfort. I am your host, Nawum. I want to give a big shout out to all the listeners out there who've been tuning in since day one. The love and support is 100% greatly appreciated. The topic of discussion for today revolves around the evolution of thought and giving yourself grace and knowing that it's okay to have a difference of opinion, changing your mind when you no longer feel motivated or committed to something that you previously said that you wanted to do. My guest for today, who also happens to be a returning guest, Brittany Bain, who is a fellow CUSE alum, shout out to CUSE. She's currently working as a human resource professional at a top prestigious institute in America. She has a master's degree in human resource management, as well as a bachelor's degree in child and family studies. In her spare time, she enjoys traveling, relaxing, and spending quality time with her family and friends. Brittany, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Hello, beautiful people. Let's get the show started. Nice, nice. So many people don't realize that who we are today is based on beliefs that we had in certain aspects of our life, certain different times of our life decisions that we made or didn't make in the past. This preconceived mindset or viewpoint does have a direct effect on our future and how we choose to believe what is valuable to us as we get older. First question I have for you is, have you ever looked back in at some point in your life at some of the beliefs that you had in the past or maybe in the present um, and where you are now, and you were kind of just like, nah, that's not even close to being accurate. Um, <clears throat> so in regards to just the topic of evolution of thought, yes. I think that as we grow and we learn and we experience things in life, we end up kind of transitioning our thoughts and, and kind of learning, you know, kind of the right way in regards to our own moral compass. So I'd say absolutely. Um, now, in what aspect are we talking about? You know, because there's different aspects, right? We have mm -hmm. work life, we have friendships, we have romantic relationships, you know, we have like just, uh, you know, family. So in all of those areas, I feel like we have, you know, we grow through that. So like in your 20s, there are things that you may experience or you may think is the right way to do things and then when you get into your 30s it's totally different but some people I feel like can feel guilty about that because we have this culture of okay this is what your opinion was stand on that right so if you do mm -hmm. make a different decision it's kind of like you looking like you're flaky or you're not you know you're not real or you're not who you are but no I'm just an evolved version of myself and I can do that I can evolve you know so I think that right when we talk about giving ourselves grace, it comes with that, like understanding that you're not always going to have the same ideas and values and just a way of life, way of thinking um, in your 30s than you did in your 20s or in your 40s as you did in your 30s. Like as we grow, we continue to evolve and new things come up and it's okay. Like it's as crazy as it sounds, you can be in a relationship for 30 years 
and you can go to sleep and wake up and the person next to you can wake up and say you know what I, I can't do this anymore like this isn't for me right now and as messed up as it sounds they have the ability to do that they can do that they have the freedom to say this is no longer for me this no longer serves me I can move on although it is hurtful to hear like people and, and that's just the way of life and we have to accept that and that's my thing like it's okay to give yourself grace around certain things that may even like hurt the other person but you know this is something that you have to do for you you know what I mean right it's it's funny that you say that because in hindsight yeah it it should be okay to be able to do that but in retrospect when we look at somebody who decides to change but we want them to stay the same way that that they've always been for example if you ever been in a situation where you're trying to improve you're trying to grow and be a better person but they're like nah why are you doing this nah you mm -hmm. shouldn't do that nah this is not good for you they're preventing you from evolving into a different type of person because they're so used to who you were and who you are to them that they don't want you to change okay i i feel like what you're saying and I couldn't even hold it in, like, is that rooted in fear? Is that for that other mm. person? Is it the fear of, if I'm not changing, I'm not growing, but this person is changing and growing and entering into new territory. Does that mean that when this person does that, I'm no longer appealing to them? Am I losing them? So I think that it's all rooted in fear and not love. Because if it was rooted in love, you would foster that right you will plant that seed you would be there you would support you would do anything that you needed to do for that person to succeed but when it's like you're changing and everything's changing around me and I'm not a part of that growth that's when it becomes like I don't want you to do that you shouldn't do it it's all negativity around that but when you love someone and you want them to grow and evolve it's different it's support that's what that looks like like, what would you say about that aspect when people around you are trying to block you from evolving into a different person? Okay, so this is an interesting take for me because I feel like in so many areas of our lives, this can happen. This can happen in friendships. This, this can happen with family. This can happen in romantic relationships, right? This can happen at work. Um, so I feel like the value of that relationship will tell you everything, right? Because everything mm. is not always envy or jealousy. I feel like a lot of things are just solely rooted in fear, right? So fear of you moving on and leaving them behind, fear of them losing you, um, you know, fear of like them not changing, but you evolving and that kind of separating you so that they don't, they no longer have access to you or no longer will have the type of relationship or the nature of the relationship that they have. So I think that a lot of times it's up to you to have the discernment to really, if you feel that from someone to really kind of dive in deep to kind of explore what the root of the problem is, right? Because I feel like there are certain people who really love you. They want to see you win. And they love you more than anyone probably can in that capacity, right? But sometimes they lack self-confidence in themselves to know that, okay, regardless of what happens with you, that relationship still stands, you know, because they have something to give as well. And although mm -hmm. your past, your, your past aren't the same, you still will have value 
for each other or to each other. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. when you have that confidence, it's easy to support other people because you understand their path is not your path. All of our paths are different, right? So I do feel like a lot of times we're quick to just jump to the bandwagon of, okay, this person is, is envious or jealous, which can be the case sometimes, right? But I do also think that fear is a big play on why people do what they do in everyday life, right? It's fear of this right. person taking over and nobody seeing the value in you at work. Like say if it's a supervisor who doesn't want you to move up, they want to keep you below them because they don't want someone to see that you can outdo them at their job. Then where does that leave them and their family? You know what I mean? And it's yeah. not more so about you and it's more about them than it is about you. So it's like, I feel like a lot of times we often take things personal when it comes to like things like that. When at the end of the day, it says a lot more about that person and what they're dealing with when they make decisions like that than us. Yeah. One thing that I want to highlight that you said uh, in your response that I think is super critical and important is that when you're looking to grow or evolve and change, the the value of the relationship that you have with those people around you will tell all. Because if you're looking to evolve, you're looking to become a better person, the people in your circle should be supporting you. They should be looking to assist you in any way, shape, or form to help you to become a better person. But if they're trying to stunt your growth, then you can already tell what type of value they 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 the role or the value that they have within the relationship that you guys have built right mm -hmm. yeah, uh, I think I, I think that's a, a big point right there that I want to highlight evolution sometimes the evolution of our thoughts is not solely based on our past but also could be in our present as well right one of mm -hmm. the best examples that you know just popped into my my head and we also talked about as well is that concept of does he or she have potential, right? Mm -hmm. This phrase mm -hmm. alone is just so powerful because even if there are signs, red, red flags that tell us otherwise, we tend to convince ourselves that he or she still has potential and it holds, it's a lot more important than what we are currently seeing mm -hmm. or actually experiencing. At what point in time does they have potential no longer a factor that holds enough weight or a good reason to stay in a relationship? I'm going to be very candid with you. I feel like at the point where logic trumps emotion, you will no longer see potential and you will see things as they are. When your emotion trumps your logic, then you will always be in a space or a position to look to people in their actions, make excuses for them and say that they have potential. But when you think logically about what you want, right? Where you see yourself, if you really logically think of it and then you see a person as who they are in the present and logically say to yourself, if this person never changed and remained this person forever, would I be able to move forward as if I would accept who they are forever based on where I want to go in life. And if that answer isn't yes, you know that, that that's not a good that's not a good spot to be in. You know? So I feel like mm. specifically in my mind as a woman, like 
when logic beats the emotion of it all, because when you really love someone and you care for them, you're going to be there regardless. You're going to be there. You might get mad. You might need your time. But at the end of the day, you'll be around and stick around. But when right. the logic and, and with, with logic comes confidence, right? It comes self-respect, comes like you understanding your value, like comes like you understanding that, you know, these things are temporary and you'll always have the opportunity to reinvent yourself, to find someone else. Like these things happen. So I think when that comes into play, it's easier for you to say, I'm not going off of potential. I'm just going off of who people show me, like who people show me as themselves within the present because I can't rely on something that's not like definite because that's what we're doing when we go based on potential. These things may not happen. It's just things that you see for someone. They have to see it for themselves too and they have to actively work on that every day to get there. But if that's not happening, you're not seeing that person. You're just seeing the dream. But it's your dream. It may not even be their dream. They may, may not even want to be that person that you see them to be. You may see a better life for someone than they see for themselves. Uh-huh. And if they don't want that life, they don't. They they have the right to choose what they want for their lives, you know. And then what you're going to be miserable? No. So I feel like it's one of those things with where if you continue to have that emotion and that strong feeling and connection to them, you will always see an excuse for them. You will always see the potential. But I think when the logic comes into play, you can always realize that you care for someone, but you just can't have them as close to you or in that that big of a role in your life that you'll always have love for them. All right, so, okay, I, I love this. And I'm just thinking about this right now. Okay, let's, so let's just say that whether or not timeline matters, mm-hmm. you know, how long is too long before you realize it's time to move on from that relationship or that project or that goal that you've been put in, even even after putting in so much time, effort, and energy? Does that still yeah. matter, depending on time? See, that's the thing. I don't believe that there's a timeline associated with this because I feel like everyone kind of thinks and grows and evolves at their own speed. People can spend 20 years with someone and then realize or come to the realization that it's not working out and move on and kind of have, you know, the best experiences of their lives after that 20 year commitment. I Mm -hmm. just feel like what needs to take place is the logic over the emotion for that, that realization to happen. If you are already emotionally connected to someone. If you go into a situation with the logic over the emotion, it's easier for you to spot a red flag or to spot a boundary being crossed early on so you wouldn't need to make it to a year so because mm. you already know this isn't going anywhere because I know I'm not going to be able to deal with this this is a boundary for me I respect myself enough to allow like to know that this is a boundary for me and I'm not going to put myself through you know the stress of trying to make something work and it's not fitting you know so I just feel like this is like a timeless thing and it's more of everyone has like their own timeline to realization of um, certain situations just not being okay or or not um, needing to continue on in this, the nature that they are in. So I think that a lot of times people want specifics like a timeline and there is no timeline to, you know, to finding peace, to finding joy, to finding happiness. And a lot of times we, I think we pick the the happy moments and the joyful moments out of these relationships and situations. And that's where we get our excuses from, right? Because, you know, 
it's not all bad, right? We're getting joy, pieces of joy, right? But it's right. but at the end of the day, if the situation is not serving you in the way that you've imagined it to be, if you're getting red flags on the things that you have your boundaries on, regardless of how much joy is bringing you, it's not going to serve you because at the end of the day, the boundaries, the things that are non-negotiable, how, yeah. how are you going to say these are your boundaries and they're non-negotiable, but you're dealing with someone who's the closest person to you and they are violating your non-negotiables. That doesn't make because sense. Because they have potential. Exactly, but that's emotion and not logic because logic will say, this is my non-negotiable. I don't mm. care what's going on. I don't care about the good. We're going to talk about the non-negotiable here. So I can love you. That doesn't mean that you stay in your position. I can wish you all the well in the world, but you just got to stay over there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's, that's no, why thanks. I feel like it has a lot to do with our logic because obviously it's rose-colored glasses when you get the emotion involved, right? When you're in love, you right. with a person. Everything about them is just different, right? And when right. you stop, like what, and, it, and you know, when time passes and you no longer are with this person and then you see them and it's no longer that emotional connection, you, a lot of people will look at a person and say, wow, that was the person that I did all of this for, you know, and it's not like a dig at them or anything. It's just more so of like, it's the realization that love was the thing that made them stand out, you know? Right. So, so with, go ahead. This being said, do you think that men are men have easier time deciding whether or not they're ready to move on versus women because most men operate just generally speaking, most men operate in relationships um through logic versus most women would probably operate a relationship through emotion. So if we're talking about logic versus emotion or emotion ver um, trumping logic, who who has the upper hand here? Or is it the I same for both? I, I, to be honest, I feel like it's the same for both because I feel like men also have hard times reading situations as well. If they oh, care yeah, for sure. I feel like the same is across the board when it comes to logic and emotion. If a man's emotions are stronger, for you than like his logic at the time, he'll do whatever he needs to do to make you happy. Even if he's sacrificing himself, even if he's sacrificing his finances, he's gonna do whatever it is to make you happy. And you're not even gonna feel that he has these problems going on. That is men, period. So I do mm -hmm. feel like men struggle with that. I also feel like sometimes men struggle with just being honest about how they're feeling because they don't wanna hurt feelings, right? So it's like, they may not feel like you're the one, but they don't wanna hurt your feelings. So they're gonna, you know, kinda, you know, they just wait for something to happen so that they can graciously depart so they don't feel as bad for doing what they needed to do. Okay. Okay, so last couple questions on this one. Do you think that that phrase, he or she has potential, do you think it's being overused? Do you think that it's overrated, like, or that it works for a period of time until, like, it doesn't? I feel like it depends on the situation. If you okay. are in a relationship, right, and you meet someone and they're not fully established and they have goals and dreams of being something different, if they see a vision for themselves and they're working on that every day and they're doing things every day and you see them working towards that goal, yes, they have potential and you actively see that potential. So, yes, you can continue saying that, right? But if right. you're with someone and day in and day out, they are saying that they don't want to do anything do things but then the action fails and you're not seeing any action 
then, you know, especially if there's years in and this is happening, you, you kind of like, when people show you who they are, you believe them, right? Because if it's years and this isn't happening, trust me, the another amount of years, nothing's going to change, you know? And if it does, mm-hmm. it's because they want to change. It's never because you want them to change. People change because they want to change. No person is going to be the change factor for you. You have to be ready and prepared to change on yourself, for yourself, you know, on your own. So it's one of those situations where I feel like when it comes to men, you have to, as a woman, I feel like you have to meet them in an era or point in their lives when they want to change for themselves or when they want to be better. It's needed, right? Gotcha. Because some people you will meet already there. But if they are in a predicament where, you know, they're willing to change and they're in that state where they want to do better and you meet them, it's not you, boo. Like, it's, you just so happen to look up and meet them in this era of their lives when they wanted to do better for themselves. Yeah. It's it's funny because at, for a period of time, I thought, you know, the phrase, you know, he or she has potential um, came with a negative connotation. I realized that, you know, you just gave a good example. And also a really close friend of mine said something similar. It was just like, you know, if someone's actively doing something and they're making moves towards a particular goal, saying that they have potential is a positive outlook towards it because you can see the potential of someone based on the actions that they're taking, the things that they're doing and whatever the case may be versus saying like, you know what, like, you know, I'm trying to be with somebody. I'm going to give myself an excuse to stay with them because they have potential. Mm -hmm. Let's say you guys are vibing on the same frequency. How does that play in? Okay. I feel like vibing on the same frequency is essential for any connection, right? Whether it's a friendship, family, relationship, for any connection, vibing on the same frequency is super important. And when right. I say that, I mean sharing the same values, sharing the same morals, um, and just like what you deem and your moral compass as right and wrong. You do not want to, I, and this is my personal opinion, you do not want to mix yourselves with people who share different morals, right? Because they can do something to you and you can find that wild disrespectful, but truly in their hearts, they didn't mean any harm by it because their moral compass says this is okay. And you can talk to them until you're blue in the face and break it down and let them know why it isn't acceptable to you. However, their intention were never to hurt you. So you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to communicate your morals to someone who don't who doesn't share the same values as you and the same you know logic when it comes to right or wrong so I feel like when it comes to vibing on the same frequency we break that down to morals logic um and uh morals logic and and value right so I think that vibing on the same frequency again is essential to any connection right especially when it comes to a romantic connection, because this is the person that's going to be the closest to you. You share your everyday life together. You evolve. You one day may have a family. You may have to share everything, finances, all of that. So you want to be on the same frequency. However, I feel like if you are on the same frequency with someone and you share the same values, morals, and all of this, but when it comes to kind of like the lifetime goals, they're not there, 
that probably isn't a good match romantically and it may be a good match as a friend or maybe you may become a mentor towards them so that they can get it together but I don't think that it's it's right for a romantic relationship because then it becomes like a parental relationship and not an equal relationship right because you feel like you got to carry this person or you feel like you got to coddle this person or teach this person everything instead of like feeling like you have someone on the, on the same wavelength as you were you know someone who's mm. independent and and has their own going on and you don't have to you know obviously you want to guide and be support to someone and be inspiration but you don't want to raise nobody <laughs> nah nah we don't want to do so that. i feel like if you are on the same vibe and frequency and that is lacking nine times out of ten you shouldn't they're they're not even a candidate for you right you said something interesting and um we could touch on this real quick before we move on to the next question why do you think it's do you which one do you think is harder to do to be friends and then become an item like you're in a relationship or to meet and then jump into a relationship and then end up becoming friends harder for me um I think it's friends and relationships because for me, like, I have boundaries when it comes to my friends. So, like, I couldn't imagine, like, having a friend for so long. Like, uh, for instance, us, like, we've been friends for so long. I couldn't imagine crossing that line and doing something beyond that because we've been such good friends, right? Right. So, and then I do feel like if things don't work out, we are never going to return back to that friendship. We're not because things will forever change, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. if I do that, I better marry you because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if I really value this relationship, like, it's never going to be the thing. So for me, like, that is something that I try to stay away from. And, like, my friendships that I built, I like to value them and keep them where they are because, you know, they've, they've been instrumental to my life. So for yeah. me, personally, I prefer meeting someone and having the intentionality be there first of what they want in you and then building that friendship through that um, versus being a friend with someone for so long and then crossing that bridge because we all know it's one thing to befriend someone but it's another thing to be in a relationship with them. You're seeing two totally different people and you're kind of unlearning them as a friend and you're learning them as a partner. They're, they're not the same thing, right? So who's to yeah. say that you're gonna like this, right? You're probably like, I don't even know who this person is because they were so cool before or they weren't this before, but then you're unfolding and unpeeling all of those layers and then you're seeing someone totally different. And that's what I feel like people kind of don't really get or understand. Like you can be friends with someone for years and you have one way of, or one perception of them. But when you cross that line and you really get to know them and that other like romantic thing, like it's mm. different. It's yeah, different it's, it's totally different. different. Yeah, you got different layers. So I just feel like for me, I would rather, it, it's harder to be friends and then go into it. I feel like for me, I would rather meet someone new, see that intention, because for me, it's it's something exciting about just like the, just like the whole idea of courting someone, getting to know them, like just learning new things and having new experiences with them and kind of really learning from their past and like listening to what they went through and listening to their goals. Like it's, that is exciting to me, especially yeah. if we want the same things, we're being intentional, 
you know, and then you're learning from all of your past experiences, right? So you're grateful for all of the past experiences because they taught you everything you needed up until now, right? So it's like, I'm so grateful I went through everything I went through because it's teaching me how to handle this person with care. And then from there, you're building on the friendship. And I think the center of friendship is honesty, right? It's somebody who's really honest with you. So there's that. You know, once you get that honesty in there and it's all the intentionalities already already been there and they're open and honest about things they don't even have to be honest about, that's when you know you're going in the right direction. So it's easier for me with that. But the friendship thing, I don't know if I would cross that boundary. I want to hear your opinion on that, though. Would you cross that boundary? (laughs) It's funny that you asked me this question because um, (laughs) I have a lot of female friends. And if you had asked me this question maybe last year, I would have told you that I've never crossed a line with any of my female friends that I've had from maybe five plus years or more. Anything less than like a year, I mean, we're still trying to get to know each other and, you know, one thing leads to another and whoop de woo da-da-da. So that's that. But anything that's considered longevity... I am very adamant and respectable when it comes to not crossing any lines or boundaries. I cherish all of my female friends. I cherish all of the, and appreciate all of the friendships that I had that's lasted this long. I think it's difficult on both sides, right? Going from being friends to being in a relationship it's difficult not because of some of the things that you mentioned, you know, unlearning, you know, friendship and then learning partnership, but also expectation, right? There's certain expectations that you have of your friends, and now there's certain expectations that you have of a partner. Um, so that's one. And then two, going from a relationship to friends is also difficult in its own right because now you have to now you have to pretend that the person that you're now so-called friends with is not somebody that you was getting down with for 3 years, you know, or 2 months or whatever the well, however long the situation was. Um so that in itself is difficult and I could understand why you know for a lot of individuals where if we're no longer in a relationship, then there's no reason for us to be speaking, period. You know, this is the end of the error between you and I. And sometimes okay. it's it's okay. I guess it's okay to kind of explore that just mm-hmm. so you know, like, definitively, like, you know, this is who we are to each other. Right. Um but I think there's part of, there's a one half of my life in undergrad, you know, where, you know, the boundaries are clear and those lines have never been crossed. And then there's adulthood that, you know, you meet people just in traveling and, you know, different states or whatever. And then, you know, those kind of, you think they're just friends and eventually it kind of leads into something else. But gotcha. yeah, that's Nobody very, very understand. interesting. I never thought of it like that, actually. Yeah. I think of it like that because I feel like I value my friendship so much that I don't want to cross that line because 
for yeah. me, like my intentionality, I don't date just to date. Like I don't date just to have people around. Like I date with the sole purpose of finding a life partner, right? No. And I put my all when I do and in whatever stage I'm in in my life, whatever I perceive to be my all, I'll say that. Because there are different stages of life and whatever you perceive based on the level you are in in that life is what you will get, right? So mm-hmm. I perceive to put my all into everything. And if I cross that line with someone and the connection is there and we're no longer together, for me, it's an all or nothing situation. I can't sit around and have you continuously be in my life and, and we're catching up and see, like there will be no friendship coming back from something that was so personal to me because yeah. of how I lead. Yeah. Because of how intentional I am when it comes to choosing someone, like I don't do it just to do it. Like I just feel like people who aren't in a stage or aren't in a state to like finding the, the, you know, their lifetime partner or wanting to be intentional about, you know, making things official and getting married and having a family. They really should just date and not take anything serious or anyone serious because if you're in a situation with someone who feels like how I feel, I feel like it's different, right? Because we're not gonna if things don't work out, it's not we're not going back to friends. Like that yeah. shit has failed. <laughs> it's it's over. It's like it's all or nothing for me. So it was either we were gonna make this thing work or we were gonna go our separate ways. And that doesn't mean that I don't care. I'll love you from a distance. I'll always care about you, but I can't have updates about you all the time and I, like we're not hanging out like yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean like we're not doing that and also I feel like it's a respect factor for someone new in my life who may you know who may be uncomfortable with that and I have to respect their wishes right so I guess the next question becomes how do you remove someone from your life that no longer holds value right so let's say in this scenario where you you have a friend you cross the line and it didn't work how do you get rid of that person i think just being honest by being honest whatever line of communication you see fit for your time is what you use and you be honest about it it's an all or nothing situation um obviously you wouldn't say it like that but just be very vulnerable and open with them about how you feel um and how you feel like it you shouldn't communicate or you shouldn't keep that level of intimacy because to, to have a friendship is already a level of intimacy, right? And vulnerability with that because you are divulging your personal life and it takes a lot of vulnerability and honesty and really just like confidence in yourself to be vulnerable and to share things with friends, right? Even things that mm-hmm. may be deemed embarrassing that you're sharing, right? So for me, if I honored, if I really, really honored the friendship before the relationship, I'm going to be as vulnerable with saying, listen, this is no longer working and I do not wish to continue this relationship. And when I mean that, I mean that we no longer need to have communication or whatever it may be, but also just letting them know it has nothing to do with like my love or my emotion. Like I'll always care. Anybody that I ever deal with, I'll always care about because that person has helped me become who I am, whether good or bad. Like, you know, all of the experiences have shaped me to who I am, right? So I would never not care about people because they've always contributed to my life, whether I like it or not, right? You can't, whether you want to admit it or not, everyone you meet will contribute 
to your life. So I'll always have love for these people, but that doesn't mean that I have to be around them. That doesn't mean that I have to communicate with them. That doesn't mean that I have to take their shit. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean anything. It, it just right. simply means that my, this is my boundary. We crossed the line. We knew what we were doing when we crossed the line. So now we got to live with the consequences. You know what? I feel like it's you're you're really good at cutting people off. You're like you just be like, nah, I'm not I'm not with it. You know, yes. you just you just keep it. For me, I I'd be like, listen, like I be not saying I'm stringing people along, but like at some point in time, it's just like it's just like yo, like why can't we just be friends? You know, I I've learned though. I've learned the difference between moving on and letting go. I think I told you that story, right? Yeah, of course. But man, yeah, yeah. I am not. Let's let's be clear. I am not an expert of cutting people off. I am not an expert of letting people go. It is hard to let people go, and sometimes you feel bad for even having to do so, right? Mm-hmm. It's just I, based on my life experiences, I've come to a point in life where I understand what needs to happen, even if I right. don't want it to. Even if I don't want it to happen. Even if it hurts me to do so, it's something that needs to be done. It's one of those things. It's not that I want these things to happen. It's just in my mind, for my peace of mind and my sanity, because I know when I love, I love hard. I know it's yeah. hard for me to like see something that's not right and like not say something. Like, so for me, for my peace of mind, my sanity, I know what needs to happen for me to thrive, right? And in order for me to thrive and me to look forward and me to move on in my life, I cannot have communication with my past if we're no longer together if we're no longer involved i cannot see what's going on i can't see no updates like i can't do it all right so how would you in in three i guess three steps someone doesn't know how to remove someone from their lives that no longer holds value they don't Mm -hmm. bring any benefits in your life Mm -hmm. no longer like sometimes it could just be friends how would you what what if you could break it down in maybe three steps, how would you say these these are the steps that you need to go through to let okay. someone go in your life that holds that no longer holds value? Okay. So I think the first thing for me is keeping my relationship with God, right? It's okay. being able to pray and allow God to reveal things to you, right? God will Big always sense. send you signs of when someone's time is up in your life. If you don't listen to the first one, he will continue to send more and more and put things in your path that would have told you you should have did it before. He's going to keep on sending you. He's going to keep on revealing to you. He may reveal it through a TV show. He may reveal it through a talk. <laughs> he, may re- he may reveal it through their actions themselves. But he's repeatedly going to show you that this person needs to be removed. So that, right? Okay. So it's having the relationship with God, right? Number two is really processing in grieving that that connection because although this person I feel like for me like although this person may not have any value that doesn't mean that they don't hold a space in your heart that doesn't mean that they don't contribute to your happiness that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean you know that like their presence wasn't joyful to you you know what I mean um so I think that grieving and really like taking the time to understand what you're about to do and the magnitude of how you will be affected and the person will be affected, that you process that. And for me, and I feel like a lot of women do this, I grieve and process like the ending of a relationship before I even end it because I know that it's headed that way. 
So yeah. the way that I kind of process things, like I already see it coming and I kind of deal with it then. So when it's over, like, it's not that I'm like totally moved up, but I'm like, I'm not in that space of like, oh, I feel so bad anymore because I've right. kind of done it already. So for me, I kind of see it coming. I kind of already go through the motions and the, you know, like the, the emotional toll. Mentally it, check out. Mentally, I, I mentally check out, but I also kind of just go through the motions of knowing I'm about to lose this person in my life. I know the magnitude that this person held in my life. I know it's not going to be easy. I know I might backslide at this moment, but I know this is what needs to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think the next step and the final step is really being honest and vulnerable enough. And when I mean vulnerable, I mean really vulnerable because it's hard to have these conversations with people that you care about disconnecting with them. Being honest and vulnerable enough with yourself to contact someone and just have this all uncut conversation about how you feel yeah. and also not like putting yourself in a position to not accept whatever they put your way or like if they make you feel bad and you they make you take back how you feel no this happened for a reason this is happening for a reason you continue on with what you need to say you continue on with what you need to do you know what yeah, I mean absolutely. like it's one of those things where knowing that having this conversation may erupt feelings of like no but we don't need to do this and I love you so much and I need to like we need no and you need you've got to be able to control yourself enough to continue on with that conversation and that's hard it's tough it is not easy it's very nerve-wracking it's very emotional it's a lot of emotion flying in the air it is not an easy conversation to have with someone that you care about but it needs to happen Mm. why do you think why do you think some of us or some people tend to spend time with individuals that they don't truly value? I Again, I feel like some people date just to date. Or some people... Um, Is that wrong, though? There's nothing wrong with that. But it's intention. And that's what I'm saying. Like, you got to be clear on your intention. So, like, if my intention is to be married and to have kids and to have a life partner... I can't date nobody who got the intention of just being. You know what I mean? It's like, like I just feel like early on those boundaries have to, those goals got to be shared. And if those goals aren't shared, it's just going to mess you up. What is your thoughts about holding on to sentimental values, sentimental things from like an ex? Mm-hmm. I mean, for me, I feel like it depends on what it is. So like, when it comes to like clothes and things like that, I don't think it's healthy to hold on to. But when it comes to like, say, no, and, and when I say clothes, I mean their clothes, not the clothes they bought you. Because no, they, that was a gift to me. I'm keeping them. You getting rid of a comfortable hoodie? Yes, yes. If that means that every time I see that hoodie, I think of that person and I get sad, yes, I'm giving it back. Mm. What I'm if that hoodie is worth like six six figures? No, I mean, I, listen. I, when it comes to my piece, my piece is worth 10 times of what anything else could be worth, any physical yeah. item in the world. And it's really just about peace. So whatever brings you peace. So like any gift that I had for my ex or my exes, um, I didn't, I never really got rid of them, the gift. Um, but when it comes to like their stuff, then I send back. But when it comes to things that I've been gifted, no, because they were gifts to me. So, I okay. you know. Okay, that makes sense. Like holding on to 
actual gifts and not mm-hmm. items and not that belong yeah. to them. Mm-hmm. Before I even tell the story, what about like cards? Like cards, letters? Are you keeping all of those or are you throwing them out? <sighs> so, I, I, it's so interesting that you say that because like even since high school, like my high school boyfriends and stuff, like they used to write me, I don't know why, I, I don't know. And this is just like, I don't know if this is like telling too much, but. Um, you kept them? <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> but it's not like I take them out and read them. Like I just have like storage boxes that I mm-hmm. put these in and they just, they're there collecting dust. But it was just something right. so sentimental, like, in the time that it was, obviously the feelings are gone, but like for someone to take time in the era of computers and typing, for someone to take time to take their hand and hand write you a letter at this point in time where you can get yeah. you can call, you can email, like that matters and that means a lot. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't get rid of letters. I don't, but I do store them in places where I don't really look at them. Um, yeah, same, same. But I, I, yeah. I kind of like pack them away as like, okay, this is a part of my task. It's not something that I use to kind of refresh. You know what I mean? Thank you. That's the point that I wanted to get to. You know, it being part of your past and not specifically something that you were holding on to, or whatever. Um, I made a big mistake. Huge mistake. I don't know if I told you this story. What happened? I um. So one of my exes, you probably already know, but mm-hmm. who this ex is? I, I wrote, okay. I wrote mad letters. I wrote mad letters mm-hmm. to her, but mm-hmm. I never actually gave her those letters. I think it was like I wrote a letter almost every day for like almost mm-hmm. a year. It was like three. It was like three hundred and like forty-seven letters or something like that. Okay, and, notebook sounding like yo, a and I, I had them. I had them in a in a blue. I had them on a loose leaf paper in a blue binder. Mm-hmm. The binder was thick as hell. Kept that for years, and it wasn't until like I was moving to Vegas, um, which was like two years ago, that I shredded them. Mm-mm-mm. I shredded I them. And it, yeah, yo, it was you. It was you. you. <laughs> so I didn't tell you the story. It was you. Yeah, it was me. It was you. It, that it was supposed to be you. a book. Yo, I was it so could have sick. been a book. Oh my God. This is oh your God. life. This is your reality. This is your truth. This is your so heart, sick. your vulnerability. All on paper. Handwritten so paper. Sick. You could have so put sick. that in a book. Yo, Bestseller. No Number no one seller. I could have been the, the face of love, yo. Yeah. Writing love letters. That is vulnerable. You, you know what? Yeah, it's 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 crazy because I was just talking to my cousin about it earlier and I was like I'm, I I regret shredding those letters. And for a while, I thought that I kept them because, you know, maybe one day, like, you know, we would talk again or whatever the case may be. Even though we never really spoke or or whatnot, I I kept them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I just like I don't even understand why I did that because that was literally a part of my life where I was the most vulnerable that I've ever been. Like, I've never mm-hmm. been that vulnerable in my life, like, towards another human being, like, that mm-hmm. I actually loved or was in mm-hmm. love with. And 
I can always tap back and and look at, you know, where I was at one point in my life. That that's history, part of my history that I got rid of because I was under the assumption that, you know, holding on to sentimental things means mm-hmm. that you're trying to hold on to that person when it's not even about them. No. Like you said earlier, it's not even about them. It's about mm-hmm. you and who you were at that point in time in your life. I could understand mm-hmm. if it was like a negative aspect and you just don't want to revisit that. But like, I'm never going to look back and say like, oh, I regret being in love. No, no. You know what I'm saying? I'm never going to do that. Love, regardless of whether we want to hear it or not, whether it's toxic, whether it's healthy, love is watered, right? It's a seed that continues to be watered, right? But through that, those relationships that we've had, right? So we're always growing through the pain. We're growing through the happiness. We're growing through it all because we're then taking that on into our present and our future and then we're learning how to deal with people in a better way in a healthier way moving forward right so regardless of what you went through whether good or bad it's always going to water you to grow into the next stage so when you hold on to those things it's like kind of a reminder like yeah I wasn't as evolved as I was then but I somebody loved me I was loved yeah you know what that feeling was for what it was at that point in your life now and they have not been the most mature may have not been the most healthy love but it was what you thought love was at that point right 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 so and, it, and it's a part of your life it's a part of your life it helps you grow like these people are so influential to the person you are today because you wouldn't have known any different you wouldn't have known any better and you could have got someone way worse who would have treated you way worse you know yeah. what I mean? And I, like, could be a, I could be rich right now. Y- yes, you could have been rich off of your pain. <laughs> you ain't listening to me. You should have told me that sooner. Like, God, you should have t- told me. You should have told me that you was. I didn't even I, know. I, you I, sworn- like, I knew. Like, obviously, like, I, yeah, I you knew. Around. I was around, so I knew all of this, but I didn't know that you were doing that. Had I known you were doing that, I would have stopped you a long time ago. But I feel like I wouldn't, I shouldn't have told you like as you were writing them, because if I would have put in your mind that you were writing them for the sake of that, then it probably wouldn't have been as vulnerable. So you kind of got to let people, you got to go through your own kind of process of like channeling it as if no one is ever going to see the daylight of this. And then you're giving your best work there. You're giving your heart. You're giving your, you're giving your everything into that work. I don't even know if I can even... You can't do that again because if, if yeah, you, I can't, I can't replicate that. No, you can't, and you know, no. and and you know, if things did happen differently, and you did kind of like publish it, and it, it hit, like imagine the feeling of people really vibe with me for being who I am, like authentically, like what I felt in my soul, like mm-hmm. you know what I mean, yeah. like just that feeling yeah. of connection and community of like I'm not the only person who's been through this. I'm not the only person who felt this before, like life goes on, but like the community of it that you get from that is crazy. Yeah. That the person who I was when I was writing that those letters is nowhere close to mm. who I am right now. Who you are. Mm. Well, maybe you know at this point the logic supersedes the emotion for you. I mean, don't get me wrong, like I I think that 
I think that I'm more in tune and more confident and, you know, and able to understand, you know, the beauty and vulnerability. I did a podcast on that one too. Um, and that, I think back then, I, I don't think I was like comfortable in my vulnerability, but now like, I never even wanted to talk about that, mm-hmm. that aspect or that part of my life. But now like, you know, looking back, you know, going through, you know, that phase of, you know, moving on and letting go, understanding, you know, what it means and how to do so, the steps to, to go through those process. And then again, what that those letters meant to me at that time and what it significantly means now in the present as part of my history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I would have made I would have made a different decision at the time. But anyways, <clears throat> the next point the final mm-hmm. point that I wanted to go over is sacrifice and compromise. I don't want to be sacrificing shit. I won't be doing that, none of that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not kind of sacrificing nothing. I'll compromise. I'll compromise very well. Exactly. Like, why do I have to give up something that I want, something that I cherish just to make you happy? Like, mm. why is that such a, why does that, why, does, why is that so meaningful and powerful? But before you go into that one, uh-huh. explain the difference between mistaking sacrifice for compromise. So I feel like just in our culture, sometimes we intertwine these two words, right? Sacrifice and compromise. And compromise is seen, even compromise, compromise is seen as this negative thing, right? However, I believe that if you are in a relationship, whether it's a friendship, um, a family situation, a romance, especially a romantic relationship, it's going to come up. And sometimes sacrifices have to be made as well. Now, mm-hmm. when we talk about a compromise, a compromise is a communication or like a decision that is made with both parties being pleased. Both parties are satisfied, right? So if we say, okay, today I want to watch The Housewives. You don't really like watching Housewives, right? But you're like, all right, I'll watch The Housewives with you. If after we do that, I could just be left alone, watch my game. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to take the kids nowhere. And you're like, I ain't here. You get yeah. what you want. She get what she want. Everybody's happy. Everyone's pleased. Not, it's not one-sided. Sacrifices yeah. are one-sided. Sacrifices is someone going without or someone is at this disadvantage to something. And it's something being taken away for someone to be happy or have a leg up to do something. So for instance, I would say, say if, okay, so say if um, you're in a stage of a relationship where you feel like you are ready to propose, however, you don't have the finances to be able to comfortably do it. So you're months in going eating ramen noodles and you ain't going out, you're sacrificing everything, you're pinching pennies together to get this ring so that mm. when her face, when you open that box, her face lights up, you are sacrificing your time, your your you're sacrificing your money, you're sacrificing your meals and everything. So this joy can be brought on your your girl's face when she sees you yeah. ring. That is a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's all for so, wifey. What'd you say? That's all, all for, for wifey. Her. All for her, not for you. 
the ring that the ring means nothing for you. You know oh, what I mean? And a lot yeah. of men like it, they don't even you know it's it, it's more of the commitment that's the thing, not the ring. So so and you got to understand these things. I feel like the difference between sacrifice and compromise. Compromise, both parties are pleased. Sacrifice, someone is going without to make sure someone is good. Okay, so why do why why is there certain scenarios where we mistake one for the other? I feel like I don't know why, but I feel like our culture just has this taboo thing on compromise and not fully understanding it, and it's like a negative kind of connotation about compromise. I feel like sacrifice has always been sacrifice, right? Sacrifice mm-hmm. may not always be a negative thing either because for him to do all of that and to sacrifice, willingly sacrifice, she's not asking for this. This is something he wants to do when it comes to getting a ring. That shows that you really care because you're sacrificing things that you thoroughly enjoy just to see a smile on my face. I didn't ask you to sacrifice this. Then this is different, right? This is a good thing because it's saying that you try, like you prioritize me enough and you value me enough to, to even not do the things, the other things that you value, because yeah. you put me up here. Now it's different if I'm telling you this is what I want and this is what I need from them, and you feel like your back is against the wall and you doing things that you wouldn't have even done yourself. That's different. You mm. know what I mean? Yeah. But I just feel like for some reason the words are intertwined, compromise and sacrifice, as if they're the same, and they're not. And compromise is a good thing and I feel like compromise has always been a positive thing but it's just seen negatively like if both people make an effort to have a conversation and both benefit from the outcome how is that ever negative Hmm. how and if it is then it's not a compromise it's a sacrifice yeah I don't know I just feel like all right, so if you're sacrificing, is it are you doing it because you want to or you're doing it because that's what's expected of you, you know, in whatever situation that you're in? But that's why I said that's the difference. The difference is whether someone does it on their own or if someone is asked mm-hmm. to do it or they feel like they have to do it because someone has shared that this is what they like. If so someone, someone tells doing you, it on their own, it's different. Like, that, so that would be that would be considered a sacrifice if they're doing it on their own. It's a sac- yeah, if they're doing it on their own, like it's sacrifice is a sacrifice. Like if she's like, yo, I want a, I want a ring. Right. I, I want, I want the biggest ring or whatever the case may be. Yeah, and then you feeling like you gotta in order to please her, you gotta do what you gotta do. So that's a little different. But I feel like if this is like out of the woodwork, she ain't telling you this. Like you really just feel in your heart this is the one and you want to do what you want to do. It's different. But it's still a sacrifice. That's yeah. what I'm saying. And that's what right. it is. I think that compromise is always gets brought up when it comes to sacrifice. But compromise is the healthy version of sacrifice, if you ask me. Um, I do believe that at some point in any relationship, you will have to sacrifice. But it's like in what way? Are you sacrificing because no. you want to sacrifice or are you sh- sacrificing because you feel forced to? And I don't feel like anyone should be forced to sacrifice. I feel like people should willingly sacrifice for the people that they love. I don't think that you should ever be put in a position to sacrifice unless the situation calls for it. Like financially, you're down and you're, you know what I mean? You're in the rubble. You got to do something to help your husband, your wife, whatever, your girl, your man, whatever. Like that's different. But I feel like nine times out of 10, 
if it's self-inflicted, I feel like it's more positive because you're not, like you're doing it genuinely in, from a genuine place. Like you're not being asked to do it. Yeah. I feel like this is how, how some people get tricked is that they someone would be like, well, to trick you yeah. into wanting to make it feel like you are wanting to sacrifice but technically, they're telling you, like, yo, if you, if you want to get on my good side, you need to be doing X, Y, and Z. Well, this is the Guilty. thing, though. Let's be clear, because I've been through this. Like, I, like women, we, for me, and I'm not going to speak for all women. For me, as a woman, I know what I want, and I know what I want in a partner. And I want someone who's genuine, who will, you know, do things on their own without me having to ask, who's thoughtful, who's mm-hmm. in the position to be so, right? Who will sacrifice for me without without me having to ask like things that would shock me like I didn't even know you would go to the length of this for me type thing right, right? I don't want to have to tell you to do certain things but if you get into a situation where the emotion trumps the logic you will find yourself in conversations with men saying like you should be doing this and you should be able to do this for me because you feel like you're lacking you're going without you're going without yeah so I do feel like those things are said, but it's not said in the, like, I'm trying to trick you way. It's more so of like, this is the type of man I want. This is the expectation that I have for men. And you're not meeting my expectation right now, but I don't want to let you go. I want to keep you. I just want you to do right based on what yeah. I deem is right. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy to me because this is how I thought in my 20s. And, like, now, like, where I am now, like, it's totally different. Like, for me now, like, I got to meet you like that. Like, I can't be telling you this is what I need you to do. I got to, like, you and your character has to display this. Like, we ain't going to have, we ain't going to be having these conversations. I'm just going to, like, you're going to come equipped with these, like, this these characteristics yourself. Like, I'm not talking to you about what I need from you. Like, you are going yeah. to be that person upon meeting me. That's it. Like, I'm not doing gotcha. that no more. So it's like in my 20s, like this was my logic. And it's, it's funny to me that I'm saying, like I'm just saying this out loud because some, some, it does sound crazy to even say, like, you know, yeah. I'm going to let you go. You're not doing what I need you to do. I'm not going to let you go, but I'm going to tell you what I need from you and keep saying it until you get it right. <laughs> like, right. it's one of those things. Do you think an individual who just jumped into a relationship should be sacrificing certain things? No. No. So at what? Okay, so why not? And at what point do you think sacrificing for someone that you just got into a relationship with? Okay. When do you think that should take place? I think love. Like when you when you're in love with someone, when you feel like you're in a place where you love them, um, and you see a future with them. Like it's not just dating, and you just got with the like. When you love someone and you actually see a future with them, I feel like that's when the sacrifice comes to play. I don't think that you sacrifice for someone who you don't love and care about deeply or trust, to be honest. You got to trust people, too. You can't just be out here just doing things just to keep people. Like You you should trust people. You should love them if you're going to make a sacrifice because sacrificing is a big thing. It's you going without, and especially if you're doing it without them asking if you don't trust them, if they don't value you, and they don't love you, they're going to say to you, I didn't ask you to do that. Instead of uh, instead of commending you for sacrifice. And they're going to be like, I didn't ask you to do that. 
that's when you know. That's when you know right there. If they tell if you go through all these hoops and do something for a person without them asking, and they turn around and look at you and say, I ain't asked you to do that, you know you with the wrong person. That's a big red flag right there. I had some certain situations where it's just like, well, if you cared enough for me, you would be doing this. It's like guilting you into sacrificing things that you enjoy or things that you love or mm-hmm. things that you don't want to do just to make them happy, even though like you guys just started kind of filling each other out. Mm-hmm. And it's just yeah. like, how do you even manage that? Because at the same time, it's just like, you don't want to give off the impression like you don't care. You don't want to give off the impression that you're not interested, but the way that the way that they view, or I guess their love language is like, you know what? I need gifts or I need acts of service. I need you to do X, Mm. Y, and Z to show that you care. And it's just Mm. like, well, and that's, and that's why I asked the question, how far into the relationship when do you start sacrificing certain things but, and it's just no it's love it's love but also you made a good point when you brought up love languages you got to understand each other's love languages if not you you just gonna spend a lifetime trying to communicate how you need to be treated and that's not like that's not ideal like who wants to spend a lifetime with their partner constantly communicating with them of what they need to feel seen to feel heard to feel valued like who wants to do that for the rest of their lives like it is exhausting it is very exhausting to, to have to do that so when you meet someone with the same values morals goals and 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 if you are so lucky to meet someone who have the same love languages it's like you are lucky because it's less work like if he if I meet someone who fully understands like my love language and speaks my love language everything happens seamlessly right because the way I give, the way I receive, I can also give. And it comes natural to me because it's how I receive love. Yeah. But if you don't, then you have to work a little harder, a lot of harder, honestly, um, to understand how someone receives love, but also have them understand how you receive it as well. But not get them, like, have it in a way where no one's judging the other for how they give and receive love. The reason why I pose that question is because sometimes timeline matters, but then other times timeline doesn't matter in in very specific cases. And that's why I wanted to know, like, at what point in a relationship should you consider, you know, sacrificing to make that other person happy? And, mm-hmm. you know, based on that, you said it should be when you have that feeling, that sense Mm-hmm. that you are in love yeah I do because I feel like to truly sacrifice for someone is the greatest love like the like God himself that he loved us so much that he sacrificed his son right and mm. when I think about sacrifice and he he didn't do that lightly it took a lot for him and he wasn't even asked to do it this was something that he did to save everyone else he loved us so much that he sent his son down to die for us so when you think about sacrifice you think about that's the ultimate sacrifice that has ever happened when you give your life for someone right so love has to be rooted in the sacrifice it has to so for me I feel like in order to 
really, truly, genuinely sacrifice for someone, it has to be rooted in love. Um, and I think that for us, we don't fully understand the love that God has for us until we have our own kids, right? Because we are God's gotcha. children, right? So when, when you have your own kids and you look at them and the love that you feel that you've never experienced, you finally understand the love that God has for us and the measures he would go to to make sure we were safe. Gotcha. No, nah, that's that's really profound because um, the ultimate sacrifice was him dying on a cross mm-hmm. for us to be saved. And now mm-hmm. here we are taking sacrifice very lightly mm-hmm. in so many different forms and facets. And it's just like it doesn't even compare. No, it doesn't. And it should be it's rooted right. in love. I like that. Nothing but genuine care and love. And again, if you meet someone who will jump through hoops and jump through danger and sacrifice their time, their money, everything for you to have a smile on your face and you turn around and you say, I didn't ask you for that. That's a big red flag because to sacrifice for someone is a big thing, especially yeah. when you're not, you're not asking them to do it. That shows right. that we genuinely love and care for you. I like that. That's a, that's, that's the closing remark for, for that. Um, I would do, I would say, I like to close off with a, a favorite quote. Do you have like a, a favorite quote that you would like to share with the listeners? I don't really have a favorite quote, to be honest. What? No, I don't know. I do I have a favorite quote? No, I just, you know, right. let me just go with my Instagram. Uh, What's your favorite Instagram mantra? Living vicariously through myself. That's it. Okay. That's what I'm doing. I'm living vicariously through myself. There's nobody else I'd rather be. You know? That's what you gotta do in life. Live vicariously through yourself. The things that you wish and you dream, they are reality. Get them out your head, get them in action. I like that. I could live with that. If someone wanted to get in contact with you, how how can they find you or where can they find you? They can find me on Instagram. So my Instagram is I am Brittany, B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y underscore Lauren. Um, so yeah, you can find me on Instagram, add me. I'm private, you know, um, so add me. <laughs> <laughs> DM me, I might, you know. We private out here. We private. <laughs> but, all right, V-Bane, I appreciate you 100 grand. Thanks of course, for it was a show. pleasure as always. As always. I am your host. Until next time, now on. Yeah.